0: Hi, and welcome to the Country Hope Church podcast. We're based in regional Queensland with locations in Chinchilla, Gainda, Jandawi and Meandara. We hope you enjoy this episode and we invite you to join us for a Sunday service. For full details, head to our website, www.countryhope.church. A good days, isn't it I went on holidays as uh, as you heard went to Caloundra for a change <laughs> I've been going there since 1982 had my honeymoon there I'll go there till I die a week in Caloundra one of the things one of the interesting things that happened on Thursday morning the day before we came home I was walking along Kings Beach and a whale breached just out past the shark nets. so a humpback whale it breached it was amazing and I was just standing right there Within five minutes, there were 100, maybe 150 people lined on the beach with their phones pointed to the ocean. It was fascinating. I was more interested in the mammals on the beach than the mammal in the water, to tell you the truth. I was watching people and watching what they were doing with their phones. And, and uh, there were some of them that had their back to the water and they were getting themselves, hoping that the whale would jump out and they'd take the perfect photo. And there were some on, the, on their phones saying, you've got to get down, you've got to get down. And it was just, I was watching, and some of them were doing uh, social media stuff, and it was, it was fascinating. The great thing is, the whale knew, and didn't breach again. <laughs> Never saw it again. It was a once-off, I saw it, did it for me, and then just swam off. And they were all waiting. I went back 15 minutes later, actually, and was, there were still about 30 or 40 waiting. It was past Fraser Island by then. Uh, fascinating. Social media and all that stuff, it fascinates me. I love people watching. Now, I I used to be able to people watch, I used to have to go to a coffee shop or something to people watch. Now I can people watch at home. I just watch their Facebook status. See how people are, what they're doing. And basically, I've got this theory that there are different types of people. There are the happy, encouraging, I love life people. There are the I will give as little information as I can because I don't like Facebook but I need to be on it. Then there are the woe is me people. They love being woeful on Facebook. They love dragging other people in. They love drama. Some people just love drama and love that sort of woe is me thing. What fascinates me is when they do a woe is me statement, they'll get people coming in and then saying, poor you, that's so bad. And and you get a whole string of it. And it it really fascinates me how people are. What a way to live your life. Then I think, this is the way my brain works. Imagine if we had Facebook back in Jesus' time. What would the statuses be like? The disciples with their Facebook account, what would they post on Facebook as they're following Jesus around? What would he post? What would their statuses be like? Would they lift people? Would they? It'd, it'd be interesting. Mark 6, we read an interesting account which shows the mindset. What can happen to, to people, and particularly Jesus' disciples and himself, as they go through a really tough day? And as I read through this, I imagine the Facebook statuses that the disciples would have written and the ones that Jesus would have written. This is Mark 6. I want to start reading. Um, It's prior to a major miracle. This is Mark 6, starting at verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they'd done and taught. Then because so many people were coming and going, they did not even have a chance to eat. And he said to them, come with me by yourselves. Let's go to a quiet place and get some rest. So here we have, they've had a really tough day. People coming and go, and they haven't even eaten. They're really hungry. They've had it. Jesus sees it in them. And he says, come on, we better go away alone. Have you got that first Facebook, Facebook status there, Lockie? This is what I reckon they're so busy today, and we can't get rid of all these people, and it's just crazy, and we didn't even get a chance to eat. That's what it would have been like. Something like that, I reckon. And so Jesus said, come away, let's go and eat. Then this is what happened. So they went away. That sounds good. By themselves to a solitary place. But but people who saw them leaving recognized and ran after them. And from all the towns and villages they came and went ahead of them. And when Jesus landed, there was a very large crowd there. Go to the next one. This would have been the next Facebook status. Why don't these people just leave us alone? <laughs> hashtag painful. Hashtag go away. But look how Jesus responds. Now this is the disciples. And I, I get it. Uh, they've had a really tough day. They're really hungry. They've gone to go. Jesus saw it in them. We'd better go away, boys. But now all these people here. This is what how Jesus responds. But he had compassion on them because they were sheep like sheep without a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. The story continues. By this time, it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already very late. Please send them away. We've had enough of people and we're really hungry. Send them away so they can go back to their villages and they can go find themselves something to eat. Jesus answered them, why don't you give them something to eat? Now, how frustrated would you be? You've been going all day, you're really hungry. You've got nothing to eat. And he says, why don't you give them something to eat? How would you respond to that? And they said to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we going to spend that much? to give them bread and give them something to eat. So what's the next Facebook status? This would have come out. I reckon Andrew would have pulled out his phone and he would have done this. Starving and tired and now we're supposed to feed them? Did someone say KFC? Get your own menu log. This is getting bad now. How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked when they went out and they, they decided to do it anyway. How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out how much food they had, Five loaves and two fish. Next Facebook status. Simon Peter, pull this out. Are you kidding me? So over this. It's all I had. I only had five loaves and two fishes. So this is a progression. I want you to see the progression in their day. They'd had a really tough day, hard day, people day, people all the time. They're really hungry. They haven't eaten. Jesus says, I recognize the day you've had. I recognize the mood you're in. Let's go away just ourselves, just alone. But then all the people follow and all the people are there and and everything's happening. And Jesus said, why don't you feed them? And, And everything's getting frustrated and they're starving out of their heads. And they're hangry. They're not just hungry, they're hangry. They're really angry and they want something to eat. And now all they've got is that. This has been a pretty tough day for the disciples. But Jesus has also had that day. He's had a day full of crowds. He's worked hard. He hasn't had a moment to himself. He's been hounded by people. Uh, Now thousands of people are there. His disciples are angry and hungry. He's having a tough day too. And now he's standing there in front of a crowd holding two fish and a couple of those loaves, those bread things that kids don't like to eat. Why do mothers buy those things? I don't know. Just get white sandwich bread. That's all we want. Don't get that fancy stuff. So Jesus is standing there with that. What's his Facebook post? How does he respond to this? This is what Jesus does. Put up Jesus' Facebook post. It's just thank you. He looked to heaven and he said, thank you, God. Thank you for what you've given us. Thank you for the day I've had. I have a heart of gratitude towards you and I thank you. This is what happened. Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass And they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties and taking the five loaves and two fishes, he looked up to heaven and he didn't say thanks for nothing. He said, thank you, God. It's been a tough day. It's been an emotional draining day. My disciples, they're in a bad way, but I want to thank you for this little bit of provision because I know that you can do amazing things with it. And in that moment, in that moment of something amazing happened. And well over 5,000 people were fed. A major miracle. He had a heart of gratitude and he broke the bread and the fish and they had so much that there were basketfuls left over. This is a major miracle. What it is is a lesson for me. No matter how bad my day is, I always have an opportunity to give thanks. And I can focus on the negative... Or I can focus on him. See how he lifted his eyes? I love that. He lifted his eyes and he gave thanks. So you'd think the disciples see all of this. You'd think that would have a major effect on them. This would be a life-changing moment in their life as they've seen how Jesus responds. As they read his Facebook post and they realise gratitude is what it's all about. You'd think that this would be the moment in their life when they realise... Wrong. Because I'll read the next couple of verses. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and go on ahead of him. So he recognises they're still in a bad way emotionally. And then he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on the mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on land. And he just saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. So they've had this really bad day. They've hopped in the boat and now the wind's against them and they're straining at the oars. So they've had, it's just all gone wrong. And I didn't put the Facebook post in because you shouldn't use that language in church. So I didn't even bother with it. But you can imagine what the Facebook post was as they're straining at the oars and it says, he saw them straining the oars and shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. And as he was about to pass them by, they saw him walking and they thought they'd seen a ghost. And they cried out because they were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, take courage at his eye, don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down and everything was good. But this line really gets to me. They were completely amazed for they had not understood the loaves Their hearts were hardened. Their hearts were hardened. Now they'd just seen a major miracle. This is like unbelievable. Only hours before they'd seen a major miracle, but their hearts were hardened to the miracle God had done in their midst. They'd seen Jesus' gratitude. They saw him look to the sky and give thanks, but their hearts were hardened. What can harden a heart? that sees a major miracle and fails to realise the significance for your own life. What can harden your heart? I'll tell you what can. A woe is me mentality. A feeling sorry for myself mentality. The sort of mentality that that says, woe is me, my life is always going to be like this. That can harden the heart of someone who's seen God do a major thing. And it can lead you on a path where you don't see God working in your life you're too busy instead of looking up, you're looking down. Woe is me. The woe is me mentality. If you have a woe is me mentality you have this attitude, my life will never change. I'm stuck like this forever. No good will ever come my way. I have nothing to look forward to. I'm stuck in, in this place and, and I'll, I'll never be able to achieve anything and woe is me. And and Funny thing about a woe is me person. I went back and looked at some of the Facebook posts from people who I class as woe as me from years they're still saying the same things. Ten years later, they're still woe as me. They're still doing the same thing. My life will never change. The woe as me person, they don't have to take responsibility. My life, it's not because of me, it's just everything that happens to me. My life is just, I'm just, it's bad luck and I'll always be like this and so I'll just wallow in my woeness. They're the victim of circumstance and even the act of looking up to God and saying, thank you for what I do have. It's too much. And they just wallow in what they've got. They don't take responsibility. They don't believe God can make a difference. Woe well, is me, people discount the God factor. If you look at this, the, the, the disciples in this story, they saw a major miracle. It was absolutely astounding. Now they were rowing in the boat and the wind was against them and they just needed something and... There was just nothing there, what can God do? Woe is me, my life will always be the same. Woe is me, people never expect God's intervention. They never look up and say, God. Woe is me, people attract other woe is me, people. You notice that? Woe is me, people are never solitary. They're always in a pack, and they always out-woe each other. (laughs) My life is worse than yours, no way, mine's worse than yours, And, and they just love to hang in that pack. And woe each other. (laughs) The opposite of a woe is me person is someone who is grateful. Grateful to God, even for the little that they have. Same miracle occurred, disciples and Jesus. They saw nothing but woe is me, even after the miracle. Jesus created the miracle with his attitude of gratitude towards God. If you have an attitude of gratitude, if you, in the midst of your situation, look up and give thanks, it's a completely different mindset. The woe as me just keeps going down, the attitude that says, God, I thank you, can go up. Because you realise my life can change, there is hope. This is not the final situation. And right now I'm going through this tough time and I feel emotionally drained and, and this stuff is happening to me, but as I look up, I get hope. Because I know there is a better way. And I look up with hope in my life and I know there is more for me. And I know my story's not done yet. That there, is better, that there are better things for me. And a, woe is, uh, sorry, a gratitude person simply sees the stuff they're going through at the moment as an opportunity for growth. An opportunity for God to do whatever he wants to do in our life. People with gratitude, they build the atmosphere <laughs> that allows God to move. Like I said, I love it where he looked up to heaven. Sometimes when you're going through a really tough time, the best thing you can do, even when you can't see anything good in the situation, is simply to go outside, look up, and say, God, I just choose to look at you. I just choose for a few minutes to look at you, to think about you and your goodness. And Lord, I can't see the end of this, but I look to you the heart of gratitude it's amazing how that brings hope even when it seems there is no hope and he looked up to heaven and he gave thanks even though he only had that pit of bread and two fish he looked up to heaven and he gave thanks there's an expectation that even though I can't see that God is in control and I'll continue to look up thankful people like this if woeful people hang in bunches So do gratitude people. They hang around other people that inspire them, that make them feel like, hey, I can get through this. We've got some good friends, Sharon and Kent, on our ministry team. Do you know, sometimes I come to work on a Tuesday, just, and sometimes I'm feeling like this is not going to be a good week, and I come just to listen to Kent tell his jokes, (laughs) which Sharon, she just looks at him blankly. I (laughs) laugh. I think Kent's (laughs) the funniest man in the world. I just want to be around someone that has that attitude of hope and an attitude of I believe in God's power and sometimes it's good just to sit with Kent hear him tell his jokes, have a laugh and realise yep I want to be, I want my day to be good if you hang around those sort of people they will lift you, I hope sometimes I do that for them as well, I lift them with what I do but People like that with an attitude, they, they do good for my soul. Sharon, it's interesting that she mentions coming to church because I actually went to a university study done by a non-church person in America that looked at the benefits of attending a church. And this is what they found, that, that people who go to church tend to exercise more. That's an interesting one. <laughs> they, re- they report fewer physical symptoms, negative physical symptoms they're more optimistic about their short term and their long term future they're more likely to set goals and pursue them church people now this is interesting church people have a higher level of alertness attentiveness and energy <laughs> except when i'm preaching <laughs> church people are more likely to be involved in charity work church people spend less time in hospital in their lifetime and live longer And their marriages are far stronger. Being around people who are thankful to God can lift you physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Who do you choose to hang around with? Do you choose to look down or do you choose to look up? Those things will determine the course of your life. Gratitude is also a sign of spiritual maturity. The woe is me people, the Christians who are woe is me people, they just haven't grown up in God yet. This is what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Thessalonians. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now that's an interesting statement. God has told me that his will in us is to continually look up and give thanks. That's his will. Ephesians says this, always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now that's interesting. Always give thanks to God God, our Father, for everything. There's always something good to be found in every situation. There's always a positive in every situation you find yourself in. You've just got to find it. And you find it by looking up and giving thanks. And sometimes I pray, God, I don't even know what to give thanks for, but I choose to look to you anyway. And I choose to let you work in my life. And I know that when I get through this situation... I know that I'll see something in my life that I needed. I know I'll grow through this situation. I can't see it now, but I choose to give you thanks anyway. Philippians 4 says, rejoice in the Lord all the time, always. And again, I say rejoice. So as a Christian, I'm called to have a heart of gratitude. I'm called to have the heart that always looks to God. I don't want a heart that's hard towards God, even straight after a major miracle. I want to have a heart that's always open to God, always open to his power in my life so that I keep moving forward in him. How do I do that? How do I develop a heart of gratitude? Well, number one is remember what God has done. I am really good at remembering the negative stuff in my life. I'm really good at remembering when people do me wrong. I'm really bad at remembering the good stuff that God has done in my life. And sometimes when I'm in a situation, I just have to take stock and think, God, I remember what you've done. These disciples were straining at the oars. They'd had enough. They didn't remember that 12 hours ago Jesus had done a major miracle. It wasn't even in their mind. I'm a bit like them. And sometimes I've just got to remember. And I've actually written them down. I've got them on my phone in my notes. And sometimes I just look at my phone and I remember You healed my son of epilepsy. Now, that is a major miracle. The first one, I'll tell you the first one. The first one is You gave me a wife that is a major miracle (laughs) who said amen (laughs) it's the truth i prayed in bible college lord give me a wife and he did so the first two major miracles in my life he gave me a life he healed my son of epilepsy and then there's a whole lot of other stuff that i've got written down and sometimes i just need to look at it and say wow god you are amazing i am a person of destiny you have got a plan for my life And even though bad stuff happens, I know that I'm going upward and forward in you and I'm thankful for what you've done in the past and I'm thankful for what you do in the future. You're an amazing God. The second thing I need to do is mix with people who believe in God's goodness and are grateful. I need to find myself some good friends that aren't woe as me. I need to get off Facebook if it's affecting me. I need to make sure I'm hanging with people who have a faith in Jesus Christ. And who will pull me up when I need it. But also I will pull up when they need it. And together we go upward and onward. I need to find the right people to be with. I need to find those people. <coughs> Excuse me. I need to get perspective. Do you know, gratitude is an easy thing when you get out of your bubble and have a bit of perspective. One of the best things that I've ever done is about a decade ago I went to Rwanda. I went to a little village in northern Rwanda. With Kent, actually, I went with Kent, and I went and visited my sponsor child, and she lived in this mud brick, this one-bedroom mud brick hut, and her father had died, so it was just her and her mother and her siblings. Uh, And uh, one of the gifts that I took her was a a red—I can even remember it—a red plastic washing up bowl. Now imagine if. Next Christmas, my kids, I gave them each a red plastic washing up bowl and said, here, here's your Christmas present. There wouldn't be a lot of gratitude, I can tell you. But this kid, when I gave her a red plastic washing up bowl, it was like the best present in the whole world. Because now she had something to store some water in. She could maybe wash her hands. She could... And this, this red plastic washing up bowl was absolutely amazing for her and her family. And then I was standing there watching her and she was crying and they were all crying because of this bowl. And I was holding a water bottle and one of her little brothers said very quietly through the interpreter, may I have that bottle. And I gave it to him and it was like, it was just the biggest present in the world. It was... And that day gave me a perspective. Even my worst day, my very worst day in Chinchilla, is far brighter than their best day. I have so much. I have so much to be thankful for. And I can always find something to be grateful for. Even the fact I've got electricity and running water. Just the place that I live in and for some reason I'm here and they're there and I don't understand it, but what I do know, if I don't get a perspective of who I am and what I've got, I can be one of the richest people in the world and be a woe is me person. But as I gain perspective of where I am and what I've got, I'm just thankful to God every day. I've got to be thankful for what he's given me. I've got to be a worshipper. It's interesting in this passage, Jesus gave thanks and a major miracle. First thing he did was go up into the mountain to pray, to seek God. The disciples went in the boat. I don't think they did much praying. I actually think they did a lot of woe is me. What a tough day. And Jesus said, feed them. And no, no, no. Jesus, he went and found God for himself. The way to be a gratitude person is not just to look up in a crisis. It's to look up every day. I have a relationship with God and I strengthen my relationship every day and I spend time with him. And in the crisis when I look up, it's so easy because this relationship's already going so strong and I give thanks to him. If I'm going to be a person of gratitude, I've got to make sure that I've got that relationship strong. Do you know, I choose. I choose the course of my life with God's help. I choose my story. I write it. And my perspective and my attitude and my relationship with God, they will determine my story. And if I'm a woe is me person, that never changes but settles into their woe is me-ness, that's my life. That is such a waste. But as I am a person of gratitude and fill my life with gratitude and let God allow me, uh, let God work through me in all of these situations and I drag people up with me and we go on a journey together, that to me is a good life. That's a life that God intended us to live. I'll read again what Paul wrote. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in every circumstance. For this is God's will in your life. Choose to be grateful. And as you do, you're living the life that God wants you to. And your life will have benefit to you, benefit to other people. You'll be all that you can be in God as you choose to be the person that's grateful. Why don't you stand with me? We're going to pray. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Country Hope Church podcast and that this episode blessed you. If you've got any questions or prayer requests, please don't hesitate to contact us through our email, connect at countryhope.church. If you'd like to subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode, that would be fantastic. Otherwise, we hope to see you either online or in person at some point soon.